Hey, this is Max, and welcome to the Ronin System Podcast. Uh, it's been about a month since my last episode, um, just because, you know, it, we've been busy with work, been busy actually being sick. I was sick for a while, um, and on top of that, I, I couldn't bring myself to, to do this without having someone to kind of help me stimulate a conversation. Like, it, it, was, it was just hard, you know, always coming out here. I've mentioned it before, just doing it on my own. I love to talk. Um, I love to talk about the most random things, honestly, but sometimes it gets a little dull, even for me. And so lately, I, I've just been kind of pushing it off, pushing it off until I could find, you know, a guest I could come on, have a good conversation with. But um, I just wanted to push one out. And, you know, on top of not really wanting to hear myself talk, I didn't know what to talk about until recently. I was actually reminded of one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite trilogies of all time and if if I could name them off the top of my head you know the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan and the Lord of the Rings trilogy by uh, Peter Jackson and in part J.R.R. Tolkien those those two are, are top of my list but there's one that I feel like is very underrated one that's has such a it's not just a gr- good movie good cinematography good action good story but also a great message, a great kind of underlying theme to them. And I'm talking about Planet of the Apes. Not the originals, but the the reboot. The one of Andy Serkis. And the reason I really like those movies is because, you know, visually they're stunning. The uh the CG uh is 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 great and the storyline is is awesome. But the theme that I like the sort of message that I took away from it is something else you know it's so if you guys don't know planet of the apes the original was basically these astronauts um i can't remember what year it is it's like far into the future these astronauts go into space to go through like a black hole or something and they end up on a different earth where apes rule the world and basically what happens is you know it's, it's a whole bunch of shenanigans there's been like i don't know five six sequels and basically the plot like the whole thing is you know they some of them are able to escape. I think like one or two of them are able to escape the planet. And then they fly back to Earth or where they think is Earth. But then really it's like a fast forwarded version of the same Earth. You know, it's it's still, um, you know, it's still ruled by apes. No, that, that was the Mark Wahlberg one. The original one, they realized that they're already on Earth. And, it you know, it's kind of reversed. You know, the, the roles changed. Basically humans devolved and apes evolved. Um yeah, that that was the that was the original. But in this new one, they kind of rebooted it. And the original, you know, it was called uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And of course, Andy Serkis stars as Caesar, who's the main ape, and then James Franco is like sort of the human opposite. But basically in that movie, you know, it's it's a very interesting take because it it puts it in the modern world on Earth the entire time in San Francisco. And Basically, what's happening is they're testing this new sort of Alzheimer's cure, like a drug to cure Alzheimer's. And what happens is, you know, Caesar is the first ape born from that experimentation. You know, his mother was given the drugs. His mother was given the injections and all that. But he was born from the mother. So basically, as he was growing in her womb, the the serum, the drugs 
infused with him, essentially. So he became the first true smart ape. And, you know, it's just, it's just a great movie because you get to see how fast he can learn and how smart he is. And, you know, you get to see how sort of almost diabolical that these corporations can be. You know, it's it's sort of like a commentary on, on um, you know, animal testing and, you know, the cruelty behind it. You know, if like one ape doesn't work out or one ape kind of freaks out a little bit, they kill it immediately. Or, you know, if it's not smart enough, they kill it. It's all these things. There's like some commentary on poaching. There's some commentary on, you know, all these things about animal abuse. Um, and especially there's this one part. Um, I'm just going to spoil the whole movie because it's been out for since like 2010, 2011. But basically there's this one part where Caesar is abused by an animal keeper. And it's like this climactic moment where he goes from like the sort of passive sort of pet-like creature to Caesar. He becomes Caesar. You know, he takes control and he's like, he does this iconic scream, like screaming no at the guy. And that's when all the other apes realize like, oh, this guy, this guy is the alpha. And not only that, he actually helps, he grabs more drugs and he gives it to all the apes and it, it just creates this rise to the apes. And, you know, it's it's, like I said, it's very good because Caesar grows up understanding the difference between good humans and bad humans. You know, he sees James Franco, his his sort of handler, treat him with the utmost respect, teach him all these things, you know, make it seem like he's almost like a, a son to him. But then there's parts where he feels that, um, I can't remember James Franco's character, but he feels that James Franco sort of treats him more as a pet than anything. Because there's this one scene where, you know, he's got a leash on, he sees a dog with a leash on, he's like, oh shit, I'm like a dog, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a friend, I'm not a, like a, a child, I'm a, do- I'm a dog, you know, I'm a pet. And that's one of those moments where you get to really see like sort of like the unspoken psychology behind the movie, like a theme of the movie. And that's what I think is is amazing about that one. But my favorite of them is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And this is where it comes to my reasoning for coming out with this podcast episode is that movie, again, great cinematography, great action, great storyline. But the social commentary and, and the themes and the sort of psych- psychological, I guess, lessons that to be learned, it's great. It's incredible. It's probably one of the best recent movies that I can think of right now. So again, you have Caesar, who's an ape, um, and then you have in the movie he's he's got he's gotten all these apes together. He's sort of built this colony. Um, oh yeah, and I forgot to mention in the previous one there was this like breakout of like simian flu, kind of like bird flu. Um, and that sort of ravaged the earth. And in the sequel, in Dawn, you get to see that outcome. You know, you get to see the humans sort of surviving like a post-apocalyptic world where most of them have died off. And if they didn't, they're sort of like, you know, they're, they're just suffering because there's no power. There's no there's no food grow- being grown. You have these apes that are becoming extremely intelligent. Um, and it's it's like this crazy story. But then in the movie, you have another ape another really smart ape named Koba. And he was introduced in the in the first one. But in this one, you really get to see his personality. So his whole life, he was raised and abused as a in a, a, a test animal in, in laboratories and all this. He was, he was a lab ape. And then you have Caesar, who's like the opposite. He was raised in an actual house by an actual handler, someone that actually treated him right, you know, all these different things. And you see this sort of dichotomy between the two where... 
you know, it's it's sort of like this nurture system. You know, Caesar was nurtured in 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 a very good environment. He was raised in a very good environment. Koba's the opposite. He was he was abused. He was just bred to be used as a test subject. And you get to see how they sort of think on things. You know, they get you get to see them interact on different things. They get argue sort of like um, create conflict on different situations, different engagements. But in the end of the at the end of the day, they're still see each other as brothers, you know. And in the movie, you get to slowly see also that even though they're learning different things, even though they're learning that you know not all humans are bad, but also not all humans are good, they're still who they are. You know, there's still this nature to them. They Caesar is still good natured by heart. You know, he's he's never not going to be a good guy. And then Koba is the exact opposite. He's still going to be this, you know, even if he was raised in the same environment as Caesar in the beginning, he would have still been this sadistic sort of self-centered killer. He would have still been this psychotic, you know, madman or mad ape, I guess. Because in this movie, in the movie, there is this one scene where um, Caesar's son basically, you know, he he doesn't agree with how his father is taking care of the humans and Koba obviously hating humans in general just pure hate for them he manipulates Caesar's son into joining him he manipulates Caesar's son into accepting that Koba is right no matter what and his father is wrong to the point where his his son almost rejects him his son almost sort of like sides with Koba no matter what you know it's 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 interesting to see because there's even this one scene, um, so a little backstory in the movie, Caesar and his his sort of like colony, they preach that, you know, ape will not kill ape, kind of like that. You know, they're not going to kill each other because they're not humans. They don't, they don't feel those same emotions. They don't need war amongst themselves anymore because they're, they've, they've elevated themselves. They've evolved. But even when Caesar is, is betrayed by Koba, even when Koba takes over the colony, they still believe in Caesar's, you know, teachings. Because, you know, Koba creates this coup d'etat where he doesn't really, he tries to kill Caesar, but he doesn't show that he's trying to kill him, you know. He sort of tries to assassinate him without anyone knowing and uses that to motivate the other apes to follow him. And they follow him willingly, but there's this one scene where he actually kills another ape, like, mercilessly, like, in front of everyone. And then he says, if anyone has a problem with this, talk to me. Like, this is my calling now. And they realize, like, Okay, oh shit. That's cool too. Because you know, it's 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 this really not I wouldn't say jarring, but it's this really important moment in the movie where it shows that whoever's the leader, no one's really gonna stand up to them, you know? There there's always gonna be that one person in the crowd. As long as there's one person that stands up to him, everyone will stand up to him. But no one stood up in that moment. No ape stood up in that moment to challenge Koba. And you know, they're all on his side. And then later on in the movie, when Caesar comes back, he's the one ape. He's the one ape that challenges Koba. And then when he does, everyone else does. You know, it's this sort of kind of almost cultish following. And you get to see not only in the beginning where you had the sort of nature versus nurture or nature and nurture system, but you also get to see this sort of like very human mentality, this very sheeple mentality that... All it takes is one. All it takes is one person, you know, and it, not everyone, 
everyone knows it, but not everyone does it kind of thing. But I, I really encourage you, if you have never seen that movie, I really encourage you to watch that. I, I just watched the whole trilogy because it's a very, very good movie. And, you know, the last one, the uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, that one was probably the most action-packed. And story-wise, you know, it, it has one of the best endings, one of the most satisfi- satisfying endings to any movie and any trilogy that I've ever seen because there's no real loose ends. There's no real sort of, oh, what about this? What about that? Because, again, I'm going to spoil it because it's been out for a few years. But, you know, in Rise, you get to see the rise of the apes. You get to see the downfall of humanity begin. And in Dawn, you get to see the effects. You get to see the effects of the humans sort of collapsing. You get to see how the apes are sort of rising. And then at the end of Dawn, you see that the humans are trying to fight back and the apes are preparing for war. And obviously, in the third one, war is among them. You know, war is upon them. And so, in that movie, you know, obviously the apes are fighting for their lives, and they're fighting against much larger numbers. Even though, you know, like a large portion, I think, like in the movie, they said like eighty percent of humanity had perished from the from the simian flu from the first movie. But even then, there's still like a billion people on the planet. And they've got tanks, they've got guns, they've got planes, you know, they've got helicopters. And they're fighting these apes who just learned how to use guns. They just learned how to use all these different things. But it's so interesting because in the movie, there are apes that are fighting with the humans. There are apes that are fighting alongside the humans, feeling that they're, you know, they deserve a place amongst the humans. And obviously, being bad guys the humans sort of manipulate them into thinking the same thing. And as the movie progresses, you you slowly start to realize that the humans are devolving. They're becoming more primitive. You know, some of them are losing the ability to speak. There's this one girl that doesn't speak at all. Um, You know, they're starting to become more aggressive. They're starting to become more territorial, more uh, primal. And then the apes are evolving. You know, the apes are wearing clothes. The apes, you know, they're riding horses, they're they're using strategy, they're deciphering things better. And it's this weird shift that sort of develops where it it, it sort of transitions into Planet of the Apes, the original, you know, where, where they started rising up, the humans started falling down. But in the movie, at the end, Caesar is able to save his colony, and on top of that, save a lot of other apes. You know, and he's also able to show that to some of the more primitive humans that, you know, we can coexist. And, you know, you, you get to see where he actually co- confronts the uh, evil general, quote unquote, Woody Harrelson, did a great job. But you get to see him confront Woody Harrelson's character, the general, and the general's almost fully devolved. You know, he's almost fully become like a caveman. And, He's almost begging to be killed, and Caesar just looks at him and says, "You know, he didn't really say anything, but in his eyes, you can see he feel him say that you're getting what you deserved." Because throughout the entire movie, the general's been dissing on the apes, saying they're they're primitive, they're like cavemen, they're they're nothing, you know, they're they're inferior. And then he gets sort of like he gets just desserts, you know. He's it's it's what he deserves because. He's been trashing on them, being inferior, and then in the end, he devolves into what he's been trashing on. 
And Caesar sort of walks away, acknowledging that you know there's there's nothing he can do anymore. You know, there's no no more damage he can do anymore. And again, you get to see how Caesar's character shows that he's always going to be the bigger man. He's always going to be the bigger ape. You know, you get to see that no matter what, even if he was treated as an inferior, even if he was treated like shit, he won't do the same to others. You know, he won't do the same in in any way. He he won't he, even if he does see someone as inferior, he won't treat them that way. You know, there's just one uh, one other ape who is a little bit dumb. He's a little bit um, sort of passive, and you know, uh, his his sort of cohorts, his lieutenants, see him as that, but he doesn't. You know, he sees him as an ally. He sees him as a friend, and it shows. You know, it's 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 just such a great development of a character, and in the end, it's it's very poetic because. Throughout the entire trilogy, he's trying to do his best to make peace. He's trying to do his best to, you know, keep his family safe, keep his friends safe, um, and make sure everything's all right. And then throughout the entire third film, it's it's just a huge struggle, you know. Apes are dying left and right. Even in the beginning, stri- straight spoiler here, even in the very beginning, his entire family is killed. You know, his, his wife, his son from the first movie, um, his second son survives, but... You know, it's it's just, it's very sad. And in the end, you know, as he's dying, he is able to see that his, his, his infant son is going to be happy. He's able to see that his lieutenants, his best friends are going to be happy. He's going to see that his new friend is going to be happy. He's, he's going to see that his colony is going to prosper. And he's, he's accepted that, you know, in his, in his last dying moment, he's accepted that he did a good job, you know. And it it's a great ending because you get to realize that Caesar has done his best and he can finally rest. You get to see that the, the bad humans have, you know, basically killed themselves off and the good humans are left to their own devices to, to re-evolve. But this time you get to see that the apes sort of have to, ha- like, they get to have a happy ending. It's kind of, you know, it... it, it Again, like I said, there's no loose ends. And the themes of the movie, it's just, you know, it's it's great. Again, one of my one of my most favorite trilogies. You know, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of movies are missing nowadays. You know, a lot of them are, especially American movies, all they care about is, like, action. All they care about is making the best scenes, making the best sort of um, crowd-pleasing moments. You know, but to me personally, I, I know that's what sells. I know that's what make money makes money. But to me, I, I like watching movies where there's something you can learn from it, you know? There's something that you can take away from it. There's something where there's there's rewatchability. Like Inception. If you watched Inception the f- just once, you wouldn't get it. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying you're stupid or anything. I'm not saying that you didn't get it. But I'm just saying that, you know, you get the concept. You understand maybe the plot. But there are things that you missed. There's always going to be things that you missed. You know, you hit there. It's rewatchable for that aspect alone. It's rewatchable for, oh, this is why he did that later on. This is why you know he's like this. You know, you get to see that the more times you watch it, and when you watch, you know, the the Planet of the Apes trilogy, it's the same thing. You know, you get to see all these different aspects where it's like, you know, you watch the first one, it's like, wow, that's incredible. You watch the second one, wow, that's incredible. Watch the third one, yeah, but then you watch the second one again, 
and you're like, wait, 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 like, I got to go back to the first one. Or, or like, maybe you're like, oh, that's why in the first one he was like that. Or maybe, you know, it's you can relate between the three movies, but you also get to create this rewatchability where you're learning more about the movie. You know, and that's what the good thing about those movies is, at least to me, is that it, it lets me watch it and enjoy it, but it also lets me watch it and, and sort of dig deeper. You know, I like to dig deeper because I like to sort of get the message. I like to sort of think critically about it. And one movie that sort of, um, one movie that sort of, you know, helped me realize that is, uh, it's actually a Disney movie, uh, Zootopia, because originally when it came out, I, I didn't want to watch it. It was, you know, it's a kid's movie, but then when I did watch it and then I watched it again, I slowly start to realize that there's there's themes, there's messages in it, you know, like there's a bunch of like kind of like innuendos and of course Disney any cartoon show, really any kids movie is going to have innuendos for the adults, you know, adult jokes. But this movie in Zootopia, basically what happens is there's predators and there's prey. You know, there's like predators like tigers, lions, bears, oh my. And then you have prey like sheep, rabbits, you know, things like that and predators are starting to go wild and they can't figure out why you know and then you have this character judy hops she's a bunny and she's trying to be the first ever sort of bunny cop and basically my takeaway on that is like bunny is you know it's it's like the commentary on the first like our female cops you know female cops are, aren't generally seen as cops they aren't generally seen as a force to be reckoned with when in the movie it shows slowly people start to realize, oh, she's a great cop. She can do this, you know, all these kind of things. And it's it's the same in real life. You know, it's, it's the same when the woman, when women first join the police force or any other sort of uh, active service or anything like that. And the predator situation, um, I actually read this article where it related it to the crack epidemic, the cocaine epidemic in California back in the, um, I believe the 80s. And, you know, the predators were basically like a play on, on minorities, play on black people. And someone in the government, a.k.a., you know, the assistant mayor, Bellwether, she's like a sheep, uses animals to introduce this sort of, I guess, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, a plant. It was some kind of plant that basically made animals crazy um, and specifically targeted predators to make the predators seem like bad people. To make the predators seem like animals. And, you know, this it's been a huge conspiracy where the CIA did the same thing to black people. You know, they did the same thing to the black people, especially in poor communities, to make them seem like they're, they're savage, they're predatory, you know. And that's a huge commentary. And that's, that's what I like watching the movie. And, you know, when you first watch it, you're not really going to get it. You know, maybe you might, but like most people won't. And it, it's it's like you have, it creates a rewatchability because then when you realize one thing, you start to want to realize more. You start to want to dig for more. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to dig too too deep into it just because um, I want to keep this one a, a relatively short. But, yeah, it's just I just wanted to talk about one of my favorite trilogies and I wanted to talk about a movie that I, I didn't pay any attention to until you know, kind of taking this trilogy apart, taking Planet of the Apes trilogy apart, did I realize that I you can do this with any movie. You can, you can find the commentary in any movie, you know, especially if it's a very good, well-written, well-directed movie. 
because they're going to have these sort of themes. They're going to have these sort of, uh, this commentary, you know, this sort of like psychological background. And those are the best movies. Those are the movies that I love the most, you know. And, and of course, most b- big blockbusters, they're not really going to have that. But, you know, it's it's worth a try, you know. And, yeah, I just wanted to talk about one of my favorite uh, trilogies of all time. If you guys have the time, I highly, highly, highly recommend watching the movies. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Those three movies together form the Planet of the Apes trilogy. It's fantastic. Andy Serkis is an amazing actor. Um, you, it's amazing director. I believe, um, who was it, Matt Reeves? I think it was Matt Reeves. But, you know, even the score... The score is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. You know, the cinematography. Um, each of the individual characters in each movie, like Jason Clark's in the in the second one, great act, great performance. Um, Gary Oldman, of course, always a great performance. James Franco, I think, a pretty underrated actor. Woody Harrelson does a great job being a very serious sort of villain role. You know, it's it's again just great movie, great cast, um, just great all around. You know, and, and and watch it for those themes that I mentioned. You know, there's this, especially the second one, the that the dichotomy between Caesar and Coba in that movie, sort of like the the nature versus nurture argument between them, good versus evil argument between them is it's great. You know, it's it's fantastic. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. And you know, guys, I I'm really trying to post more often. Um, I'm really trying to find guests. So. You know, if you guys really want, if you guys, even if you didn't, if you kind of wanted to be on the show, just let me know, man. I, I'd love to have more people on. If you know someone that wants to be on, let me know. If you know someone that likes like to talk, let me know. Because I, it's a struggle, you know. It's 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 hard for me to find guests, especially with work, especially with, you know, all the things I have on my plate. It, it'd be nice to uh, get some help, I guess. But, uh, you know, this, this is awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's actually pretty crazy because even in the month that I haven't been posting the number still goes up every single week so it's it's pretty cool uh but anyway I, anyway guys thank you so much for listening have an amazing day get out there get hungry and good luck <laughs>